Hello and welcome back to the Counter Punch Podcast. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined this week by the Telenor lightweight prospect, Justin Newell. How are you doing, Justin? I'm good, thank you. We meet again. Indeed we do, indeed we do. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming to uh, to Huddersfield, really appreciated. No worries. Um, obviously we spoke after the, uh, your, your last fight at the uh, Ellen Rubber Pavilion uh, on May 25th and um, obviously five minute conversation then, but obviously we wanted to do... It was a brief chat, wasn't it? A brief chat after the fight. Yeah, yeah, it was... It was really enlightening conversation um, and obviously we'll go on to speak obviously about you know obviously your time in prison and obviously you know the, the recovery from that you know back into into the boxing ring now but just starting by talking about that, that fight on May 25th how do you uh, how do you reflect on it now? It was good because I've been out a long time I think it was about five years I've been away from the ring um, or actually competing um, I've always been training. I've always kept active, but it was just it was good to be back and you know, shake the nerves off and a little bit of ring rust and get back in there and hopefully move forward. Mm. You know, um, one step closer. Yeah, and we're talking off recording. Your opponent was a fair bit heavier in there once as well. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's one of them things. I I weighed in at nine stone nine on the day. I think he coming at about ten five. So he had, you know, about ten pound on me there. But it's it's not to. Uh, it's not to worry about. Mm. You, as a boxer fighter, you've just got to get in there and do what you do, I suppose. Yeah. You know, there's no point moaning about it or grumbling at it. And it, you know, it, it won't championship or anything, so it's one of them. Mm. And that was your first fight since December 2014 as well. What, what was it just like, just being back in there, I guess, after such a... Yeah, it was, all, it was all new again, so it's just like, it was like having my debut all over again. You know, it's like starting from from scratch really so now obviously the momentum's going and we can build on it and move forward mm. and you had plenty of support there I noticed as well yeah yeah um, and that's another big thing I'd like to say thank you to all the fans who you know show the support and who come out and you know pay their hard earned money and come and watch me yeah definitely. I'd like to just uh, you know thank them mm. um, when's your next fight July 13th July the 13th same place the Ellen Road the Pavilion Suites so, if you don't know now, you're doing. You know, contact me for tickets. Mm. Uh, I just wanted to sort of go back to the beginning, really, of your career, and, and obviously learn more about learn more about yourself and uh, how you started in boxing. So, when was sort of the first first experience of boxing? How did that How did that come about? Many many moons ago, when I was a kid, um, as I was brought up, I was brought up. My mum and dad they were they were drinkers, they were heavy drinkers, so I was always in the pub. And I remember um, it was the Compton pub. It's been knocked down now. The Compton pub on Compton Road in Errols. Um, Henry Wharton used to train there. You know when he were in his, right. well, yeah. when he were training or when he were fighting. Mm. And it was called Rocky's Bar behind. And obviously you had like the the tap room and the lounge or the bar or the pub. And then you had like a, a guinea where you could like run down it and you know go into the back and that were Rocky's. And that's where he used to do some training. With his trainer at the time was Gary Atkin. Um, and my mum and dad knew him, you know, from going in the pub, things like that. So I remember he used to, like, run down the little guineal behind the barn, <laughs> sneak through, and just used to stand there and watch him train. And I went to karate, started doing karate. And I think when I was 15, I won't say I got bored off, I did with karate, but just somewhat different. Yeah. Um, a little bit more contact and moved into boxing. Mm. 
It seems a little bit late, that to be fair, 15. Is that, is that about fair to say, or maybe not? Uh, yeah, maybe so, but it depends now. Mm. You know, everything's changing, times are changing. But, yeah, no, we're 15, changed over, decided to do something new, and here we are now. Mm. How was that sort of first experience of, you know, being being in the gym, I guess? I started off, I went down with uh, a childhood friend of mine, and both used to ride down from Errols down to Mabgate Mills, um, we started off down there. Um, I stuck at it and he didn't, and it's one of them things like he might wish he stuck at it, <laughs> you know. But I don't know. It's it's just one of them, and like I say, we're here now. Were you can't we quite naturally talented at it, or did it take take quite a lot of work? I don't know. <laughs> Everything takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, but I think just being young, bit of a rough kid. You know, so you could obviously hold your own. You know, growing up having a, or growing up on a council estate, mm. you know, you always had to be able to fend for yourself or look after yourself. Yeah. So yeah. What What was that up, upbringing like? What was it? What was it like growing up around Hare Hills? Mm. Tough, rough. You had to survive out there. You know, you had to do things to survive. And and like I say, growing up, I would grown up uh, as a child around pubs. Cause my mum and dad they were heavy drinkers. Um, so I spent most of my time roaming about pubs and the streets, really, yeah. fending for myself. Mm. So, but yeah. When you say they were heavy drinkers, how how heavy how heavy is that? You know, it's like you don't want to sound too bad and say oh and label them alcoholics. No, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But I think I think back then that was just a um, social life. That that was being social. Like today, you've got obviously people like to go for brunch and a coffee. Mm. Obviously, many years ago, when I were a kid, that was what you used to do. You used to go down to pub and have a pint. Mm. Um, but I'd never changed my upbringing for the world. You yeah. know, it learnt me a lot of lessons and put me in the shoes I'm in today. So, mm. yeah, no, I'm very... I won't say I'm grateful for it, but, yeah. you know, we all have to be... I don't know, we all have to live and learn and walk through life, I suppose, and that was just the, the life that I had to walk. Mm. Where did you progress from then? Then obviously starting in your your sort of amateur boxing gym. Where, where did the journey go from there? Did you go go into the amateurs? Do much there? Or? Yeah. So I only had um, there was called at the time there was called amateur boxing union fights. Right. Different kind of company. So I had about to be honest, I can't even remember. I think about fifteen, sixteen of them, maybe a couple more. I'm not sure. And then um, I remember I had three amateur fights, ABA fights, uh, one, two, lost one, and then just decided to turn pro. I've I think 2009 I turned professional. I've just got your box roughly. It yeah. was uh, 2010, March oh, yeah. 2010, yeah. yeah. How old would you have been at that point then? You would have been, I'm testing you, 21? Yeah. 21? And I actually turned, well, I made my debut on one of Mark Shaw's as well at Leeds. Ah, yeah. The yeah. same place, the Pavilion Suites. So kind of repeating itself here you know yeah yeah and i made my debut there um what was it 2010 2010 March and then obviously i was back there again and nine years again. later yeah, yeah nine years later so who knows so what sort of how did that decision come about to turn turn professional then was it an easy decision or i don't know it was just an opportunity got put to me at the time um through obviously the trainer I was with at the time rick and we just decided to go ahead with it, yeah. It's natural, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's just natural progression, isn't it, through the amateur career. 
Um, I think everybody aspires to be better and to turn professional. I think that's the end, um, end result. Yeah. Really, yeah. And did, when you turned over, did you sign with Mark then, or how? What was your sort no, of training? No, I was with um, signed with Rick at the time. Right. Um, As your manager and trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and then, like I say, we had a few fights. I don't know how many did I have under Rick. I think I had nine fights there. Okay. Um, and that was that, really. Yeah, yeah. What was that first experience like of, of making your debut as a, as a professional? To be honest, I can't remember. You can't remember? No, I can't remember. Is it not sticking no. Yeah, and really, no, not stuck. And plus, obviously, it was a long time ago. You're talking nine years ago now, mm. like... Uh, a lot of boxers will tell you they get punched in the head for a living and <laughs> sometimes it's hard to remember but no yeah it's I can't really remember I remember throwing like loads of punches and loads and loads of punches like obviously you'll be, you'll be nervous and things like that mm. but yeah it'd be good to see if um, anybody had the footage out there and actually see it I know, you I know. that a long time ago every fight's on YouTube yeah. nowadays but yeah we'll have to uh, speak with Mark and see if he's got any footage there somewhere <laughs> definitely definitely what is it like though, when when you are in, in that ring what, what's what sort of the thought process I guess and obviously with your debut it's, it's a lot differently but what's you know what, what you know are you just in a, a mode or going out like you it's a crazy feeling like you've got the the changing rooms before and you feel a little bit nervous and then obviously you've got your ring walk and you're kind of soaking up the atmosphere and you know all your fans are there screaming shouting cheering and you know you've got that bit in your mind thinking you know this is my time now and I've got to go in here and obviously win mm. when does that sort of switch come about then is it is it during is it the day of the fight the week of the fight what? do you have a switch i guess everything or? is the whole build up to it as well because you've got to think when you're training hard for a fight and towards the back end of the camp you're feeling a little bit tired and then obviously you get a couple of days rest maybe before the fight and, you know, it's like you feel revived again, mm. you know. Um, but I don't know, I couldn't really... I couldn't describe it to you. It's, it's, it's a crazy feeling. I think that's why a lot of fighters do it. It's the buzz as well, mm. you know. No one really... Unless you're a fighter, will know what that feeling's like when you, you know, when your hand gets raised at the end of the, the contest. Mm. Is it sort of quite? Do you have to make yourself angry or anything like that, or is it very much sort of, you know, it's it's sort of tactical and sort of you, you it's know, very tactical. Isn't it? You've got play. to channel your energy. You know, there's no point getting angry about it because you're just going to use a lot of energy as well. Um, you see some fighters who are in there; they're naturally aggressive anyway. Um, but it all just depends on style. You know, I prefer try stay calm mm. you know so but it's also it's an hard one to do when you got someone in front of you punching your face in it or trying to you know take your head off i suppose and beat you yeah yeah um, so yeah and when you turned over obviously you've got to sell tickets to, to fight as a professional how, how did you find uh, how did you find that okay to be fair because i was quite growing up obviously around the estates around the area they're quite popular popular lad so i had Plenty of obviously friends, followers, supporters, people who will come and watch. So I, I done all right. I done all right selling the tickets. Mm. And now again, it's it's all about starting again and building momentum and getting all the fans back on board. Mm. And were you full time at that point then, as as a boxer? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I was training full time, so two or three times a day. Um, the same now, two or three times a day. Okay, so, all right, yeah, cool. Cool. And just looking through your record, you see you fought sort of 
the who's who, you know, of, of journeymen, you know, in, in that t- without wanting to sound too dismissive. Uh, Johnny Greaves, Jason Nesbitt, William Walton might, might not be names that are familiar to, you know, ordinary sports fans maybe, but, you know, to boxing fans who know those names, you know, the sort of yeah, the, top quality the, journeymen. Aren't the, they? the top, the, the elite of the journeymen. Um, and it's funny you say that because I was actually watching a documentary yesterday on BT Sport um, it's called The Journeyman mm. and it's about Johnny Greaves who I boxed and he's a lovely fella as it goes I see him at shows local shows and he's always hello how are you doing you know mm. general conversation so I'm sat there yesterday watching the um, the documentary and it shows you like a clip of my fight against him on there ah, I right. remember boxing him on Channel 5 it was at the Hillsborough Leisure Centre on the undercard uh, of Chris Eubank ah, yeah. he boxed Harry Matthews on there mm. Um, and I boxed Johnny Greaves, and it's just it's just weird how you sat there watching TV about someone else, and you kind of actually appear in it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. What what was that experience like then of, of boxing of boxing Johnny? What was that? Do you remember that much? Or? No, same again. I can't remember <laughs> that much. I remember obviously it was a Channel Five show, and that were like, hopefully, it had gone on to better things. Mm. You know, if they'd have shown it. Yeah. Um, but they didn't show it live, and I think it was Junior Witter. He boxed Colin Lines as well. On that bill, I believe. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Kid uh, Galahad was on that against Josh Whale as well. Yeah, so there's some good, good fighters on. There. I think maybe I think one of Fury's nephews were on there as well. Uh, Phil, Phil Fury. Yeah. Is that, is that uh, Justin Yule's on there and, and Cash? Because I remember it was the first time I'd ever seen Tyson Fury, ah, and right. um, obviously it was a sports centre, so they have them big double doors, mm. and I remember him kind of like ducking down <laughs> under the door frame. Yeah, to, yeah to you know get under or get through the doors mm. um big fella obviously that that was a, a mechanicy show as well how did how did that how did that all come about then i don't know don't know i couldn't <laughs> tell you i just obviously got told look there's a show there you're fighting on it and 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 that's it ah uh, fair enough so fair enough but that was a that was big show to be part of that as well though like you said so nice good experience yeah most definitely it's just a shame that obviously it didn't get shown live on TV because you know who knows where you could have been from there on yeah, yeah. you know people take a lot more interest here when they think oh it's been live on TV mm. so it's just one of them mm. and you boxed uh, William Warburton as well I've seen him a few times and again fantastic journeyman and perhaps if he could sell tickets he'd be up there for, you know, fighting, oh, most for, definitely. fighting for British um, titles very tough, tricky customer. Um, same again, um, lovely fella as well to speak to. Um, and like you say, he, you know, he can cause an upset and he's caused many of upset himself, so he can cause an upset if he wants to. Mm. And um, that was at the Leeds First Direct Arena. Um, uh, Josh, was, uh, was Josh once? Oh, no. Uh, no, it was the undercard to Stewie Hall versus... Was it Malinga? Yeah. See, so you've got a better memory than you yeah, think. Yeah, no, today. I do. Colin It's because you've got me thinking about it now. But we was actually, believe it or not, the first ever people to fight at the Leeds First Direct Arena. Ah, right. Because that was the first ever show there. Uh, it was an Obson, Dennis Obson Promotions. And we was the first ever undercard fight. Ah, so okay. Oh, you, you against... Um, Willie Walbert. Uh, Willie Walbert. Yeah, ah, it was right. the first ever fight on the first ever boxing show there. So... You know, we've both got a bit of history there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, um, yeah. What was what was that like then fighting at the arena? That must have been uh, obviously um, it was early in the evening, but um, yeah, it was early experience. in the evening. I remember a lot of the um, my supporters after saying they won't they won't open doors in time, and obviously <laughs> we only got there in round two or mm. round three, so they missed uh, like a, a round or two. 
um, which I wasn't happy about. Yeah. But um, it were good to be boxing on them kind of shows. You know, it were a undercard to a world title fight. Mm. I think were a IBF. Yeah. Bantamweight, super bantamweight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bantamweight, yeah. So it were good. Oh, it yeah, it were good to be on there. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, just sort of moving on, obviously. Just look, was it? Is it fair to say that you were a bit inactive at that point during your yeah, career? Yeah, very inactive. Growing up, same again on the streets. Wanted to be a bit of a Jack the Lad, and to be honest, be out more with the lads. You know, you go through a stage going out more with the lads and going for a pint, going on holiday, just doing things what youngsters do, I suppose. Mm. Do you um, do you regret that now? Yeah, but no. Because right. it's all life experience, and you know you've got to live and learn in life, and I believe I've lived and learned through a lot of different things. Um, but no, you know what? I won't change it for the world. You know, been away, had some great times. You know, I've had some good times. So no. Mm. And I guess that that sort of just shows the discipline you need in boxing, doesn't it? You know, we we were talking before and it is, it is a lifestyle, isn't oh, it? Oh, definitely a lifestyle. I mean, before, just going back to what you were saying there with the inactivity, I remember I'd have a fight and then I'd go on holiday for a, a week or two, go on the beer with the lads and put on a load of weight and balloon up and you'd get back to the gym probably a month later I'd come back in gym, you know, probably a stone and a half overweight and then you'd have to train just to lose the weight mm. or train to get fit you know instead of being fit and at the weight and just training to learn new things yeah so it was all wrong for me and i never really understood it i was just too busy being young and foolish i suppose yeah did you sort of just think at that point it'll be all right i could do it or you know yeah, i, you I can lose that out. weight yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's how it is it's just day-to-day life and i'd be all right i'll get rid of it or i'll lose the weight or I'll just keep training. Yeah. So, if you want, do you just pull the microphone a little bit, a little bit closer to you? Just to, thank you. Sorry. Appreciate that. Um, so at that point in time, what was what was what was life like? And uh, you know, living in a fast lane. Right. That's what it was. Um, I don't know. Cars, nightlife, holidays, hmm. women, boxing. Boxing was on the back burner at some right. point, uh, okay. well, at most points. But no, yeah, obviously boxing was always there. But like I say, just young and living life. Yeah. Um, or trying to live life to the full. Mm. And obviously, your career, obviously looking through the record, big gap, and obviously that came because of the the uh, the drugs offence that obviously that, uh, you went to prison for. Um, just I just wanted to just let you just just talk yeah. about it really. You know, in, in your own words. Before. 2015. Uh, I was sentenced to three years, eight months in prison. I received a cu- custodial sentence um, for a drug-related offence. Um, and then, while I was away, you know, it gives me time to think and reflect. Um, things happen while I was away, like we we said in the previous interview, and we brought up, like, I lost my father um, while I was away. Mm. Um and it would, you know, you have a lot of time to think about situations, what you've done, where you've gone wrong. And there, obviously, you've got two choices, haven't you? It's either you come out and you go back to doing silly things and being stupid, or you use it as a positive and come out and change and move forward. Mm. And that's what I kind of done, you know. 
turned everything upside down, come out and move forward and changed uh, my life around for the better, to be fair. And I speak to people and I say, you know what, it was one of the best things whatever happened to me, we're going away. And they look at me and they say, he's not right in Edim, you know, he's a bit silly him. But it won't because look where I'm at now, you know, come out, um, open my own successful boot camp company, you know, doing fitness. Um, now I've got a mobile phone shop, you know, we repair all kind of damaged, smashed mobile phone screens, that's fast phone fix. Um, and I've really progressed now with the boxing, you know, and mentally I'm a lot stronger. Do you think you're a lot more mature now as well? Yes, most definitely. And obviously I've got two children as well and a missus, so I've got to obviously think of them now. And that's what it's about for me now is boxing. It's about securing my family's future. Mm. For those for those that don't know, you were just I'm just reading from the uh, Yorkshire Post article now. It says you were caught with half kilogram of of cocaine in your house. Is that was that true? Just before I put that to you, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it's true. Everything what they say is on there. It's, right, yeah. it, it's true. Yeah. So living a life of crime, right, and it's not a good thing. And you know if anybody's listening to it out there, children, things like that, and they think it's good, you know, it's it's really not. It Maybe good at the time. But then when you sat there in a cell by yourself and you're thinking, bloody hell, what's going on? You know, it, that that's it. It's a wake-up call <clears throat> on the situation. What happened to me? Sat in a cell and, you know, a prison officer opens the door and goes, sorry to tell you, mate, your father's passed away. You know, it's uh, an eye-opener, mm. you know. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, anybody out there listening, you know, it might be good at the time, but... Think to the future. Mm. That's can, what you got to do. Yeah, I can see you getting emotional just now, and that's understandable. But just what was, what was that like? I guess when, when you, when you got that news, and take take your time by, by yeah. all means. Yeah, it it was hard to be fair because I'd only rung him a couple of days before, you know, because it was my birthday, seventh of January, and he was saying, you know, happy birthday, things like that. And then, like you say, the next thing, you know, officer opens your door and goes your father's passed away you know it's you sat there and you're looking and you're going you sure mate and it's like everything just like i don't know your world collapses don't it? it's like hang on a minute like you just feel so like tense and it's like god what's happened here mm. so and obviously i'm ringing my partner charlotte at the time and saying what's gone on and she's relaying back to me what's happened and you know it's it's tough and I want to thank Charlotte as well for being there for me because obviously I was away. She took control of a lot of situations like the throne will, you know, managing things and sorting things out. Um, so yeah, I owe her a big, a big pat on the back or a big thank you. Mm. Are, we quite, are we quite close to your dad? Yeah, very close, you know, my idol. You know, he still is now, so... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a touch such a subject yeah no you know. of course yeah definitely. Um, and this is another thing with boxing because he always wanted me to succeed he used to sit there we used to watch the fights together and you know have a bit of a laugh and like I said before he'd always say it'd be great for you to win a British title so he used to be sat there watching all the other fighters and he'd say look one day that could be you you know someone had just won a title be saying see you know dedicate yourself and you know you'll get there and I think 
he always said he wanted me to win in a British title. Um, for me now, with the situation, what's happened, obviously going to jail, spending time away from the sport, it'd be a big achievement to win an English title. Mm. Um, and I'd be happy with that. And uh, until I get that English title, you know, I don't think I'll be happy. Yeah. You yeah. know. Um, and then off the back of that, who knows, you know, you win an English title, you know, your next fighter too, you know, you could be in there for a British title. So it's not far off. So I've just got to keep winning these fights um, and moving one step closer. Mm. And I asked you af- after after your recent fight, you know, sort of what was what was that motivation of, you know, for getting back in that ring after such a, a long amount of time. And you, and you did you did mention your father and saying that you wanted to make him proud and you know all those types yeah. of things. And that, that's still the motivation. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. You know, just to make my father proud. I know he's up there looking down. He'll be proud now of me even making the comeback. You know, last month. Mm. You know, but I always said I win a title for him, and that's what I've. Well, that's what I'm setting out to do. Yeah. Um, just in terms of, um, just going sort of back to back to that that drugs ban, and, and you mentioned obviously you know it was a, a stupid thing to do, and we we sort of without wanting to make excuses for it, was that a life that you sort of caught caught up in? Was that you know wh- how did how did that sort of begin? I guess. <sighs> I don't know. You just get caught up in things, you know. It's hard to say, oh, you got caught up in the wrong crowd and things like that. It's, listen, it's just one of them things. It's life, you know. There's paths sometimes you go down, you either go left, you either go right, you go straight forward. And obviously that path just led me to that kind of lifestyle. Um, and here we are now. Mm. Was it one of the, was it one of those things where you saw that as a easier money-making opportunity than, than, than other paths, or...? Not really, no. It's just you're upbringing your lifestyle, and like you say, you just fall into it. What else can you say, you know? Mm. Um, And also, you get used to having money. That's another thing. That's another thing. Right. And once you've got it, you know. It's it's the chasing it. Yeah. Keep chasing. It's like anything. You know, once you've got some, I suppose you always want more. Yeah. Um, and that's it. So a little, little bit greedy, I guess, in, in that sense. Without, without that sounding maybe too harsh, so, yeah. yeah. No, maybe so, you know. But listen, it's my own fault. There's only myself to blame. I know that. But that's why, obviously, I've I've changed as well. Hmm. So I put the past behind me and move forward to the future. Yeah. Um, And obviously, like I say, from a negative situation there like that, I've also turned it round into a positive one. Mm. You know, and we're here now, um, and we're looking to move forward into the future. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll come on to talk about the future in just a moment. But one, one other thing that sort of caught my eye in the article as well was it saying that you you were you were caring for your your dad at your dad in your in your bungalow in Seacroft. What what was that like? Is that that true? And obviously, what what was that like? I guess, yeah, as well? no, um, my old man he had to. Uh, he had an heart attack, then he had, um, from them, there were complications, found out he had diabetes. From then, he ended up having um, an operation. He had his, you know, he had an amputation, so right. he had his leg removed ah, from okay. below his knee. Um, so then it was about in his wheelchair, so obviously I used to have to do things for him, 
as you have to, you know, mm. push him about in his wheelchair, whatever else, you know, if he needed help, dinner doing, things like that. So growing up as well, you know, you got to think around them times, maybe 24, 25, 26 years of age, you know, um, as a youngster or as a young and you want to be obviously like you say out with the lads clubbing mm. you know sometimes I had to be at home looking after me old man yeah. but then you just see it as that's a way of life innit you know he looked after me when I was a baby so you've got to you know turn it around and I also had help from family as well Yeah. you know like I mentioned Charlotte she were good to him um, my mum family members you know even the lads you know what I mean my pals mm. had help um, I suppose if you, you wanted a fag, you know, give one of us a ring and say, we go shop and get me 20 cigs. You know, <laughs> just one of them. Or he liked fish and chips, he'd say, we go get some fish and chips. He'd be like, yeah, no worries. And even lads, if they come round and see me and he'd say, he's not in yet or whatever, we nipped it shop for me, they'd go around. Mm. You know, so yeah. I suppose you, you obviously you mentioned about you wanted to go out clubbing, but you want to be independent, don't you, as well, working and having your own life as, as you know without that sounding you know sort of un- uncaring or, or anything like that yeah yeah no it is and like I say it, it's hard between because sometimes I, I do remember thinking I want to go out but is my dad alright yeah you know yeah. it was tough and it's a lot of pressure as well for someone to have mm. you know on themselves and sometimes I feel like I did have that pressure but then again I want I want to change it for the world you know my old man with my old man and he worshipped the ground I walked on. I worshipped the ground he walked on. It's just it's part of, part of the parcel, I suppose. He looked after me, like I say, he raised me, you know. Um, so obviously, it's just a natural thing to do. Mm. Were you his main carer then at that point, or what, what was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, oh, well, yeah. well, oh god, that must be yeah, some massive responsibility then, you know. Without wanting to stop definitely, like laughing, you say, yeah. like we just touched up on, it's a lot of added pressure, mm. a lot of weight on your shoulders as well, you know. So, and when you went to prison as well, what was what was that? Um, what was that first first night like? I guess in the it's obviously you see it on the Hollywood films and you know TV and what what's you it like know, in reality? It, it's hard to say because. You know, there's different TV programs. What you watch and you think, ah, oh, it looks no like it. Right. You know what I mean? It looks like holiday camp that, and then you get the other ones. What you see, and I'm it's more realistic, and you, right. think you know what that's probably what it's like. Right. Um, I'm, I'm probably thinking more of like the American ones with Prison Break. I'm not sure if you've seen that. I haven't watched it. Yeah, but <laughs> there was a movie what come out, and it was kind of more realistic. Right. I'm to think which one it was. Was it a British film or? I believe it was. Right. Oh, the young kid. I'm testing, testing my mind. I think, yeah. But kind of like the layout and everything, it was like, right. it would all spawn. Yeah. You know. But yeah, no, it, it is tough as well. And and same again, I obviously, I had my old man on my mind, you know, is he going to be all right? Who's going to look after him? Mm. But I made them silly mistakes myself and I've got no one to blame apart from myself. Yeah. What 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 was that first night like then? What was you, What was going through your mind? I don't know, I can't really tell you, to be fair, I can't really remember. No. Not too sure? Probably just like, God, what's going on here? What am I doing here? You just have to crack on with it, don't you? Yeah. No point sulking about it. And you said you had a, a lot of thinking time in there as well? Yeah, a lot of thinking time, and I just... 
obviously with obviously me having a bit of a sporting background I always got gym jobs right in the, the, the prisons to what I went so I was always like kind of gym orderly so the good jobs to have when you're away or when you're in prison because um, obviously you can use the gym facilities and if that's what you're into you know you can train most of the day mm. so it was good so I channeled my energy a lot into training um, and obviously bettering myself making myself fitter and stronger knowing when I come out that it allowed me when I pursue my boxing career again. Yeah, yeah. Um, like now, listen, I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, beating times, running times, you know, lifting heavier weights, punching stronger, you know, I'm a lot fitter in the rounds. So it's all all, all good. Mm. And you were sent you were sentenced to three years and eight months, is that right? And yeah. how, how long did you serve in there, the full, full amount of time? Or? So you serve half of that, and then and I was quite fortunate I got tagging because I think any sentence under four years I think you're eligible for tag so you get six month like curfew or tagging right um, so yeah so you served how long then sorry you served oh I couldn't tell you you'd need to do it you'd need to work it out um, R- roughly a, a year and so half of half of what you were sentenced to so a year and about a year and a half a year and a half yeah. right and okay. I think well I'd done the the rest on on electronic tagging device. Right. Okay. Uh, six month on that. Right. Yeah. But I I, I went to uh, open prison as well. Like you're eligible for different kind of categories of jails. Right. Um. And I went to open prison, which means you you get a little bit more freedom. Okay. Um. You know. I won't say cell doors. Cause not like cell doors. You know, you're out a little bit later, and you know you go to work there and things like that. All right. So, Oh, so right. It wasn't twenty four seven, or you know, or no, it wasn't twenty four seven. No, right. No, obviously, the different categories of jails. I think, like when you go to Armley, there's twenty three hours a day bang up, yeah. you know, and then obviously you get put to a a class C you're out a little bit more, mm. um, and then your D can't same again you're out a little bit more. Yeah. So. Yeah. What was it like when you came out of prison? What was what was life like? I, I was just focused and determined on where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Um, so it was all right, to be fair. You are. At first, when you come home, it's a bit like, well, yeah, what's going on here? You know, it's like you're living in fast lane and things have changed a little bit and, you know, people get older. Um but yeah, even buildings have been built. What? Like, <laughs> yeah, what's that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're recognising different things. But it's all right. And when was the decision to to take up boxing again and and, and get back into that? Was that quite quickly? Or honest, was it a little no, bit of time. Since probably the day I got sentenced, I never stopped thinking about it. Mm. I always knew I wanted to come back and pursue my career. Um, and like I say, I channeled all my energy while I was away into training. Mm. Um, so when coming home, I was the fittest and the strongest that I'd ever been ever before. And did you go straight to Keith Walton, who you're with now, or did you? Yeah, well, we all used to work together down at Rick Manor's gym, so ah, right. I come back out and you know started boxing back at Rick's again. You know, after coming home, and we all used to train together down there and just kept training. And uh, and Keith Keith was one of the trainers there, and you sort of just went. With Keith, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Ah, okay. 
Is Rick Manor still training now? Then, or what's what's his situation? I'm not sure because we kind of like left. Right. Um, but yeah, I believe it, obviously the gym's still there. Mm. Um, and I just don't know because obviously when you're not around that environment, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you decided to turn pro. Well, you decided to not turn pro, but to, um, sign um, a management contract with uh, Mark Burton as well. How did uh, how did that come about? Yeah, well, obviously I've been thinking about it, reapplying back for my license. And then, you know, you sat there and you think, well, who's going to manage me? And you just weigh up your options, really, and who would be the best person. Mm. Now, for me, obviously, straight away it was Mark, because he's local to us as well, obviously, with all Leeds lads. Um, and he's putting on local shows as well. Um, and like you say, I think last year he put five shows on, six shows on. Mm. So it's good if you can, as a fighter, if you can be getting out five, six times a year, that's what you want. Mm. You know, so... That's off to Mark as well, and a thank you to Mark as well. Yeah. Um, I suppose I'll I suppose that's a big motivation for you, having been out for that amount of time. And we spoke about your inactivity earlier to have a promoter that's going to give you, or a manager that's going to give you six dates in a year, five dates in a year. That must be massive yeah, motivation for you. Definitely. Um, like you say, you want to be keeping active and and pushing on. There's no point in just having one fight and then going off for like I used to do, you know, on holiday and putting on a lot of weight and all that. So now I'm always I'm always in the gym. The day after the fight when I boxed last on the Saturday, I was in the gym Sunday morning, you know. I'm always in shape. I'm always willing to learn. So I've made mistakes before where we've had, like, phone calls saying, do you want to take so-and-so fight? And it's like, wasn't ready. I just got back off of holiday, being on booze with lads, and it's like, It'd be it'd have been silly to take them fights, you know. I'd have been endangering myself. Yeah. Um, not giving myself the best chance. But now if the phone rung and said, Look, you're on, on Saturday night or there's a fight on Saturday night, will you take it? I'd take it in an heartbeat. Yeah. Because, um, like I say, I'm walking about I'm on my way now, do you know what I mean? Um, I'm walking round on championship limit. Um and I'm fit, I'm strong. I'm just ready to go. I'm mentally positive. Um, so yeah, if that phone rings, we're ready to go. Mm. We're ready to cause an upset. <laughs> um, obviously, the we're out. bomber. That's you, what it is. The grey bomber. Where yeah. did? How did that? <laughs> I was going to say, how did that nickname come about? But obviously, um, it's the grey hairs in it. You know, and a lot of the lads set the mic now and then, and that. And it, it was actually Keith who said it. He said, "That's it. You just call the grey bomber from now." And then obviously, it were like the lads in the gym, Ishmael, Zaid, yeah, obviously yeah. himself. They just started like calling me and it kind of like stuck on that and that were it okay so yeah the grey bomber and you're obviously very active at the minute as we mentioned obviously you last out May 25th and next fight May 13th is that, yeah, that yeah. right so it's, it's a short fairly short turnaround I guess but yeah, yeah. that's what you want isn't it that's what we want we want to keep active um, and just keep progressing keep getting the wins and keep stepping one step closer to you know achieving my goals and my my targets what I set out to do and win that title yeah um, obviously you mentioned about reapplying for your licence was there anything in particular that, that you had to, that you had to do extra for that obviously given given your time in prison uh, yeah I had to uh, send them all my paperwork off then they needed some sort of like uh, extra background check from from the police and you had to wait so many days for that or it could take up to 60 days to come back but they got that and then um sent all the paperwork off to the board and 
then they sent us some backs all the letter backs in and received some and then we had to send them more again and right. they were like are they just trying to mess me about but yeah. you know it all got sorted and we got the license back you okay. know so there were times where it was just like you know it's hard work it's am I going to get this back or what's going on here and mm. you know will I ever get the license and it's I've got it now so yeah was there an interview process or anything like that or did yeah, they, yeah, yeah you have to have board meetings things like that but that's ah. standard procedure anyway right Um. so and what, what without wanting to go too personal what, what was that interview like and you know what sort of the, the questions they were asking a similar sort of this, really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just obviously, obviously, a pa- there's a panel of them. They ask you a few questions and, you know, give you a bit of a stern warning and a bit of a telling off, um, which I deserve. Um, but no, like... Sounds like, sound like a job interview, doesn't it, I guess? But it's a very, uh, <laughs> very different... It's why we like being signed in front of the judge again, to yeah. be fair, but... <laughs> <laughs> But you passed, and yeah. you're here now. Yeah. You're here now. And we're here now. Indeed, indeed. Um, moving forward, then, Justin, as you mentioned, I know, I know when when we spoke last, you know, after that fight on May 25th, you know, you did say that, you know, you wanted to, you know, tell people, you know, to go the right ways in life and those types of things. So, what what are sort of those those main lessons? Maybe just from your own spir- your own experiences, I guess. I don't know really. It's just one like like you say. Try to stay on the right track. To be fair, mm. you know, times have changed. Society changes all the time. Um, but like you say, crime fighting knife. A big thing now is knife crime in it, mm. and you see a lot of the, the people that they say you know, put down the knives and put on the gloves. You know. If you've got a bit of a dispute, you know, if you punch someone, a black eye can go, can't it? Yeah. You know, if you obviously stab someone or injure them further, then, you know, life's at risk, aren't they? Mm. And it's the same, like, put down the knives, put on the gloves, you know, channel your energy somewhere more, um, or go do something, you know, be active, go to the local gym. Um, join a local sports team go play football go do rugby I don't know channel your energy you know something positive yeah somewhere where you can get good rewards back in the in the long run mm. yeah no I mean um, Eddie Hearn talks quite a lot about that in terms of you know using boxing as a sort of solution for you know problems with, with young people and those types of things do you, do you get quite a lot down your gym like that or is it sort of more professional did you have that a lot with you know the kids in sort of Rick Manage gym and that type of thing yeah a lot of it especially when you're growing up and you come from a council estate you see a lot of rough kids in and out like you say up to mischief mm. in and out of trouble and they come there and boxing's a very good sport for discipline you know and obviously building mental strength mm. um, it's also good for I don't know how you say like team like team bonding team I guess bonding, or, yeah, yeah or social skills yeah, yeah, yeah everything you know it's good like you say social skills um, obviously you've got your fitness side of it as well mm. health and confidence as well yeah you, I suppose you're releasing very physically ag- aggression aren't you I guess yeah, as well definitely definitely it just depends like you say if you're 
it's for the purpose of the person in it you know mm. one person might be more aggressive than another and if he thinks that that's his way of channeling his energy by say punching a bag or sparring then then fine mm. and I suppose you even you as a tenant or professional you still get those sort of you know benefits as you know just just mentally and physically don't you I guess from from boxing even you know you're sort of the other end of that scale as a 30 year old professional compared to a, a 12 year old kid so you're, you're still getting those benefits yeah no definitely definitely and it, you know the sport's tough people don't see the I don't know what goes on behind closed doors you know in the sport people only see obviously the TV and think oh it's easy for them look at them that's all they do they get in there and they do that and that's it or they get paid loads of money and it's it's not like that you know they don't see obviously the sacrifices what you have to make you know if you have to cut weight cutting weight you know missing out on meals because you know you got weight to lose mm -hmm. and you don't want to put weight on um, even training family time sacrificing things family days out because you've got to be training because you might have a fight coming up you know all the punches what you get you know went during sparring um everything and obviously you can be fatigued as well a lot of the time because obviously you're training hard hard sessions you know it's it's a very very tough sport mm. and until you get the people on the couch don't you say ah, i can do that it's easy and that until you actually do it then don't sit on couch and be a critic. Uh, what's yeah. it called? A critic? A critic. Yeah. yeah, don't sit on couch and be a critic, obviously. Get up and go and give it a go yourself and, you know, you'll see how hard it is. Indeed, indeed. Um, what's your schedule like at the moment, Justin? How, how does how does training work for you? Hectic. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so I'm training two times a day now. Right. Um, Monday to Saturday. Okay. Um, sometimes it might be, I might have a, a third session in there if if need be but no just twice a day Monday to Saturday so six days a week and then try get a rest on a Sunday and uh, let my body recover if that's a big if is that if we get a day off mm. what's what's a what's a typical day in the life then obviously I know you're doing this interview today but say say tomorrow or yesterday what was what was the what was the plan of action uh, yesterday was Obviously, every day changes and the training schedule changes. Um, we'll go off yesterday's day. So, yesterday we had swimming in the morning. And then, yesterday evening we had sparring. But, like, people say, yeah, how many days or how many hours do you train? And I feel like saying 24-7 to them. Mm. Because, same again, they don't see what goes on. They don't see, obviously, when you go home, you're still thinking about training. Um, if you're not thinking about training, you're thinking about your diet. If you're not thinking about your diet, you're actually at the gym. If you're not at the gym, you may be studying opponents or, like you say, doing Sell other things, selling tickets, or getting whatever. sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, like, like you say, running around selling tickets, having meetings regarding sponsorship, whatever they don't, they don't see it. They just think, oh, I just go to the gym and trains, and that's that. You mm. don't stop when you're a boxer. You know, y your brain's always working. Mm. And obviously, like you said, you've got kids as well. How how are you how are you balancing that as well? You know, same again. It, it, it's tough, but I'd like to thank you know my Mrs. Charlotte for that as well, because she does a lot with them and she understands. Obviously, boxing's my 
I don't know, my passion and she understands I've got goals to, you know, chase after and achieve. Um, so she does a lot as well and like, like you're saying, social life as well. It takes a lot out of your social life. Mm. It does. But I just try to be there for them as, as much as I can, you know, and obviously guide them in the right way as well and wanting them to be better than what I obviously was mm. or give them that chance of uh, a better lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. How old are your kids at the moment? How many, uh, how many kids have you got? I've got two. Frankie is six this month. Well, on the 20th, 25th of this month is right. six. And then Libby, she's uh, five months old. Okay, all right. If Frankie in a few years' time said, Dad, I want to go in a boxing gym, what, what would you say? He actually does train now. Oh, does he? Yeah, at he six years old? Uh, yeah, okay. he trains at uh, Alliance Boxing Club in Crossgates, uh, run by Sam Smith. Ah, right. You know, the female Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he actually does go down. I like, I, I take him at home on the pads and we do little bits on the pads and things like that. Um, and it's good discipline as well for him, mm. you know, to learn right from wrong and understand what he's doing as well also it helps tire him out doesn't it <laughs> um you know what kids are like at that age they're just non-stop so same again yeah um i do a little bit of pads with him at home and he goes to alliance training um i personally I, I wouldn't want him to do it because i know what or how tough it is I've been there I've experienced it I'm still doing it now yeah um, you won't want him to do it professionally or you won't want him to do it just, just as just an amateur I don't want him to do it at all right you know, okay. like I said I've been there I've seen it all but listen the only thing you can do is support him in anything he chooses to do yeah like he's quite a good golfer okay you know so he does golf lessons and I hope he uh, sticks with that yeah but he's, listen, he's still only young, you know yourself. Kids change the um, the sport mm. twenty thousand times. Um, but let's just see what the future holds. Yeah. What are those alliance sessions like then for for six year olds? What's is it? Is it alliance? Yeah. Yeah. Alliance, what, what, are yeah. The, what are those sessions like? Just anything really, from obviously um, fitness, boxing, technique, footwork drills. You know. Right. Everything. To be honest, it's a good, uh, a good little setup what they've got down there as well. Yeah. And the kids, he, he enjoys it. So he always asking, when am I going training? Don't go tomorrow, Dad. Don't go. No, it's the day after. And like, all right then. Mm. So yeah, he's actually there tonight. Okay. Yeah. Oh, happy days. Happy days. Oh so, yeah. Uh, has he been to? Um, did he go to your last fight, or was he? No, was he, he didn't know. Uh, obviously, there's a policy at the the venue. It's I believe it's not under 15s. You ah, know, right, you have okay. to be 15 or older. Ah, right. Um, he has been to watch me f- previously. Right. Um, but he enjoys it as well. Yeah. He enjoys it. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously you, you mentioned about your, your businesses as well. How, how are you sort of finding time to balance the boxing, children, you know, your wife and, and, and those, on those businesses as well? It's part of everyday life and it? it's busy. You've just got to keep going move from one thing to the other um, but I have um, with a fast phone fix company so we repair all smashed and damaged mobile phones charging problems sell accessories things like that that's fast phone fix um, in Leeds we're based in Alton my business partner Adam he um, he's the same he understands boxing's a big big passion of mine so we're quite 
well, he's quite flexible. Like he'll say, go on, you know, if you need to be training, I'll, I'll cover this or I'll cover that. Mm. And I owe him quite a lot, to be fair, because without him, it'd be harder with training. Mm. It would. So, yeah, big uh, big hats off to Adam as well. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, you've got plenty of uh, plenty of sponsors as well on, on Instagram. Sort of. I'm, I'm thinking I'm writing a piece, actually, on, on sponsorship sh- soon. What's what, what, are, what are your sponsors like? D- to be honest... It- <laughs> You need sponsors in boxing. Um, I'm still looking for more sponsors. So yeah, if there's anybody yeah, out yeah. there, you know, who's willing to obviously put their hand in the pocket and and give me a help or give me a hand up there and you know help me achieve my potential mm, and promote uh, their business at the same that, time. Yeah, yeah, also on the same hand, pr- promote their business or company. Mm. You know, get in touch with me. Um, but yeah, in terms of sponsorship, so we've got Hessian Cafe. Um, in Oakwood um, obviously brunch and coffee and things like that lovely little place so get yourself down there um, and Marigold's professional cleaning company anything domestic household cleaning and they do a lot of contract work as well Right. so I'll give them a contact um, Dali Developments um, they do a lot of like um, it's mainly electrical work but they do a lot of property maintenance, property development, hmm. things like that. Obviously fast form fix. Um we've got Bear Sportswear as well. They've just recently been in touch saying that they want to uh you know help me out with some of my kit, training kit, things like that. Hmm. So that's good. Every little helps hmm. um in this sport because it's like I say it's a, a tough enough sport as it is. And also alkalized water. Right. Um their water's kinda the different pH levels, but that's at the correct pH levels, and they keep me um, well hydrated during camp. Happy days. Yeah. So thank you to all the sponsors as well out there. Mm. Um, we'll just go from Hessian uh, Cafe, Daily Developments, Fast Foam Fix, Marigold's Professional Cleaning Company, Alkalize Water, and Bear Sportswear Company. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Definitely, hundred um, percent. Without without those guys, would you be able to go full time? Or do was it you do you need you need their backing? No, you definitely need the backing. Mm. And it also helps as well, it makes your life a little bit easier. Mm. You know, sometimes you don't have to be worrying about things. Um and with boxing there's a lot of costs as well. Mm. You know, they don't see like you got your medicals, brain scans, uh yearly fees for your license, then even things like your food, you know, 'cause you've got to be eating right, mm. you know, putting the right fuel in your system. Um, kit, everything, listen, it all adds up. Um, so yeah, massive thank you to the sponsors. Definitely, definitely. Um, I know we touched on Keith earlier. I just wanted to chat about him really, and and, and that gym and, and the setup. What was it like? Obviously, it was a, a new gym from obviously being with Rick Manners. What was what's that like at the moment? To be honest, training's going well. You know, I'm learning every day, and I'm willing to put the effort in. So I can't see not going wrong. You know, as long as I keep working and and training hard, I'll get there. Yeah, and you're um, in, in camp with Zahid Hussein and uh, Ishmael Davis as well. What are, the, what are those two like? Well, you know, like it's like the the like a boxing family, you know, and it's like you see a lot of the fighters and they're quite close with each other because they spend most of the time together. You know, and, and we're the same. Mm. It's like it is like a little boxing family, and you spend a lot of time together. So naturally, you just. You know the love's there in it, mm. naturally. So, yeah. Good stuff. I'd also like to say thank you for Keith as well 
for obviously putting all his time and effort into us mm. um because it must be hard for him as well, you know, obviously he works and then he's got to come to the gym, train us and he's also got a, a life as well outside of boxing. So yeah, um, massive thank you to Keith as well. 100%, 100%. Um, back out on uh, July 13th, Justin? Yeah. Um, are you thinking a four-rounder or a No, no, s- we're progressing six? quite quick. So the last fight were a four-rounder, we're progressing, moving on um, and this is a six-rounder. Okay. Yeah, so... Not sure who yet. I think obviously the management team, Mark, they'll obviously know have someone in mind. Yeah, I'm just in the gym training, ready. Back at back at the other one, Pavilion, July thirteenth, six rounder. Yeah. Um, how many for, how many more fights before the end of the year? What's what's the plan? Another. To be honest, I'm not sure what not the plan sure. is. Like I say, if the phone rings tomorrow and they say yeah. there's a fight on Saturday, I'll take it. Yeah. You know, I'm just willing to cause an upset or, you know, so, so you'd be quite willing to take a fight. Away from home as it is on as as an away fighter, I'm yeah. presuming. Yeah, not a problem. And also, I'm willing to test myself. There's no point going through obviously all this hard training and you know the years of sacrifices and the ups and downs not to test yourself. Mm. You know, let's get in there and let's get it on. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And you were looking at who the Central Area Champion was before recording. That's uh, without calling particular names out. You know, you you you're looking for those titles in the near future. Yeah. Anyone really like anybody who's got a title, and you know you're at lightweight. Uh, you know, I'll be knocking on your door soon, so just be ready. Happiness, uh, Justin. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for just being very open and honest about about everything in your career. And uh, best of luck with uh, uh, your fight on July thirteenth. And on, uh, I'm sure I'm sure I will see you then. No, thank you, and thank you very much for you know having us here, and thank you everybody giving it a listen. No problem. Cheers, Justin. Thank Thank you. you.